Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. COVID has switched my attention this year to big league games, but players develop at that level as well until they no longer do. If you have any questions about the Cubs development, the podcast, or anything else along those lines, right away on the contest line at Tim815 on Twitter or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Somebody's Gotta Go, and ask me questions if I was confusing. We spend our time where it's valued, and I don't wish to waste yours. One of the worst-kept secrets in the world, actually, that's a fun little topic, you know, things that, boy, that's a poorly kept secret. That's a poorly kept secret. I'm not going to get into them, but we all know some things that, yeah, we're not supposed to know that, but we know it already anyway. So, yeah, there, there's some, yeah, that's a rather poorly guarded secret, but we know about it. So, uh, that's kind of a fun topic, kind of like um, really short books. Um, oxymorons, military intelligence, jumbo shrimp. Um, but no, uh, poorly guarded secrets. One of the really nice poorly guarded secrets is that Cubs are going to activate Jose Quintana and Tyler Chatwood on Tuesday night for Tuesday's game. Chetwood will get the start. Quintana will probably come in the bull, come in out of the bullpen. My guess is as a tag team guy. I, I would wouldn't be at all surprised if Chetwood goes four or five, and Quintana goes two or three, and then they play it from there. I, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see that, and hopefully the bats uh, show up. But uh. You already knew that. You didn't tune into the podcast to hear that two guys that you already knew were going to be added to the roster are going to be added to the roster. Somebody's got to go. The roster's 28 players. If you're adding adding two to the 28, that would make 30, and two players need to go back. Who do you have? Feel free to respond. Um, I'm not cheering for anyone to get axed. But it's a perfectly valid question. People are talking about who is getting added. But for me, the obvious question is, if you're adding two guys, two guys are leaving too. Something's going to happen. I'm thinking Jason Adam gets sent back down. Not that he's done poorly, not that he doesn't have upside, but it would be quite easy to send Jason Adam back down with the current pitchers that we have being switched a bit from starter back to reliever. Talon Ray being an example. Um... The bullpen suddenly 
widens a bit. Remember when everybody said that the Cubs bullpen was terrible? Sometimes things like that change. Not that it's going to be fantastica forever, but it's been okay the last couple of weeks. You know, it, it, it was kind of terrible to start with, but since Kimbrell has gotten his footing, and I was looking at the numbers tonight, some of you know, ERAs below three generally, a couple in the fours, but there's really not a whole lot of, well, like the Tigers, I was looking at their ERAs, 11, 9, 13. That was some ugly stuff. And then the guys they brought in last night had ERAs in the four and change. And then they decided to, and then uh, Javi Baez hit two home runs. And I think they were both off the bullpen. And now nobody that pitched in the game last night has an ERA any lower than eh, six, something like that, five and a half maybe. So yeah, when you uh, pound on a couple of guys that didn't have good numbers to start with, it makes it look kind of ugly once in a while. But who do you have? is going away it's not the yay woohoo kind of thing i'm i i don't want to be gallows humor but i used to work in healthcare, and you know that's kind of what what goes around for what what happens there uh it's jason adam makes the most sense for one of the moves. Then the second move, it gets a little bit tougher. Winkler possibly could get sent down. Uh, I doubt it's Colin Ray, but he pitched the ninth inning, so I'm including him on my on my list, on my poll. I doubt it'll be him. Um, I hope it won't be him. But one possibility is Dwayne Underwood... I don't want that to be the case because he'd have to get designated for assignment because he can't be directly optioned back to the minor leagues because Dems the rules. And if it ends up being something happening with Underwood, I really wouldn't be surprised if it's an injury. Um, real or fabricated, either way. But now, who do you have? Who do you have as being the... Uh, person who goes away the other thing to consider for the next week or so is if the cubs do make a trade transaction it might end up being a case of where they add a relief pitcher and trade off i'm sorry if i'm yawning on you guys but it's uh I was up watching a video, and it kind of half had my attention, half didn't. So you know how that goes. Uh, I'm I'm kind of um I'm kind of mental jello right now, a little bit uh, not not entirely solid. Um, but no, a, if a player gets added to the forty man roster again, somebody's got to go. Underwood would take care of that if he were to be designated for assignment again not cheering for it but part of part of thinking proactively as a fan part of thinking proactively as a fan is if something is going to happen 
which would be the least horrible option. And how, you know, what, what would you, if it, if the, if your cell phone rang and it's like, Hey, it's, uh, it's, it's Theo. What do I do? What, what, what you got? And, uh, I doubt that if you say trade for Nick Castellanos, that would happen. I really doubt it. But, uh, no, it, it's part of thinking proactively as a fan. So many fans are, I like this guy, I don't like this guy, or um, the Cubs ought to do something that, whether it makes sense or not, it just absolutely doesn't fit in with the mindset of how they usually do things, whether it should be the case or not. What we're trying to do, what I'm trying to do, and hopefully by extension you're trying to do, I want to try to be right. It's not a case of I want to um, hold a grudge toward a certain player because I was there at a game and there was a kid that came up for an autograph and he didn't sign it. So because of that, I hate him forever. No, that's, that's not what it's about. What would be the thing that kind of makes sense and the team will probably do? So with the 28-man roster, my guess is Jason Adam to South Bend and some sort of a um, non-scary-sounding injury to Dwayne Underwood that keeps him around for another however long. Because I really don't think they want to lose him. And... Teams are rather good at faking injuries. I'll just put it that way. You know, it's uh, he has a, I think I use a strained flexor muscle or um, uh, sore um, something in the arm. I don't know, but whatever, whatever you want to go with. But uh, I think one option that I've heard a number of people saying for the 40-man roster. Oh, 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 hang on a second. Hang on a second. This seems like a good point. I can't accurately enough emphasize can't accurately enough emphasize how much I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. The numbers are very good. I hope you're enjoying them. I've been having a degree of success getting people back to following the Twitter account. Uh, back for a while, I got hammered on my Twitter account because I made a couple of, um, oh, how you say it, social justice comments. And for a little while, I was uh, doing that, and my uh, numbers took a bit of a hit. And I'm fine with it because sometimes there are more important things in life than baseball. Nonetheless, it did kind of hurt to see the, you know, you build up to a certain number, and then you look down. And it's like, boy, where'd those thirty people go? So it's it's back to where it uh, had been, and I'm having some fun conversations with people, talking about stuff, and hopefully some of these podcasts. You're thinking, you know, maybe I ought to share this with that one person over there. Feel free to pass them along if you think one's kind of fun, and. Anchor allows sponsorships for podcasts. That would also be fun. But 
I most of all dig that you're listening. Um, one thing I've been hearing in regards to the 25-man roster is the Cubs ought to dial it back and only have two catchers. And they ought to let go of Josh Fegley, who it seems like they're allergic to playing, except as a designated hitter, and he's not a very good hitter. At least not at the major league level. So uh, I've been hearing a number of people saying, yeah, 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 let go of Fegley, keep all the other guys, let go of Fegley and one of the pitchers, and then go with that. As much as I disagree with the Cubs steadily riding with Caratini and Contreras both in the lineup every day, boy, I don't like that. I really don't like that. If Caratini were... My, my, my line is, if Caratini were the backup and he's hitting like Jorge Posada, it's one thing. But when you're playing both catchers and both of them are... They, they've both gotten injured before. And the one way that I see that the Cubs have... Uh, the the Cubs are very deep at catcher as long as they have two guys there. As long as they have Caratini and Contreras, they're very deep at catcher. If they're missing either one of them, they are very thin at catcher. Because um, Begley, well, there's a reason people are talking about having him be the 29th guy. And the Jose Lobaton, who is the fourth guy, Obviously isn't necessarily considered any better than Fegley or else he would have gotten the job. So um I'm I I'm moderately concerned about using Caratini too much, particularly as the season gets a little bit closer to the end. And it's almost getting to the point where if somebody has a three week injury in like ten days they're in danger for the playoffs. At some point, hopefully the Cubs have enough of a cushion so that they can dial it back a little bit. And, well, we'll have to see. But I don't like seeing Caratini, the DH still, at least not regularly. And uh, Fegley will probably stick around. The... With the expanded roster, I get having the third catcher. And if you're going to have a third catcher, they don't necessarily have to be elite at anything. They're pretty much going to just be a placeholder. The only option for that is if at some point the Cubs feel comfortable enough this year or next year with P.J. Higgins... He could be enough of an interesting factor that they could use him not only as a catcher, but possibly as a third baseman, at least a little bit. So um, I doubt Fegley draws, draws the short straw. I would imagine it will be 
Jason Adam and one of the pitchers. And if it's Dwayne Underwood, it might be one of those injuries that doesn't necessarily sound um, particularly um, real. The Brewers beat the Reds, which means the Brewers are now in third. The Reds are now in fourth. And do I have the numbers sitting around here? I think I do. I think I do. Uh, magic numbers. Cardinals won big. So uh, magic numbers for elimination are St. Louis 35, Milwaukee 28, Cincinnati 27, Pittsburgh 26. Tomorrow night, St. Louis has Kansas City again. Milwaukee and St. Louis, uh, Milwaukee and Cincinnati play again. So one of those figure to have their number drop. And I think, I think that's in Wisconsin, which even makes it more likely they'll play. And then uh, Pittsburgh plays the White Sox. So however that ends up playing out, there's uh, so, some Cub fans will be happy if the White Sox win. Some Cub fans will be happy if the Pirates win. So, uh, there you go. Um, Chatwood against, I think I heard the name, but I can't remember. Again, I'm, I'm just, if, if the Cubs win two of three against Detroit, I'm absolutely ecstatic on that. Just keep the numbers dropping. Uh, you know, if, if the Cubs end up winning, Half their games from here. It's going to be really tough for any one team to catch them. And if that one team does catch them, that means they're probably taking out a whole bunch of division rivals. So it gets really difficult. If the Cubs can win half their games the rest of the way, it's really difficult to see them not making the postseason. And as the saying has kind of gotten to be unofficially, this could be the last go-round, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, as for anything bizarre in games tonight that I saw, uh, Albert Pujols is hitting again. It's nice to see because uh, people who have just started following baseball in the last four or five years don't know how absurdly good Albert Pujols was at the beginning of his career. He was dangerous. And he was fairly decent in left field. He was fairly decent at third base. And he was really good at first. So uh, I think, yeah, on my, um, on my Pittsburgh... Pennsylvania, excuse me, on my Pennsylvania Stratomatic team in my Superliga. I let's see now. Their their lineup. Hang on a second. I'm gonna. I actually hit pause there because I want to go over and get my my Pennsylvania Superliga team. Their starting lineup. They don't actually have one starting lineup. They kind of go by my version of have enough guys that are really good so you can throw the players up in pretty much any order you want. It really doesn't matter. And if somebody gets hurt, you have enough guys sitting on the bench so you can still have a good squad. 
So here's their so here here's a string of the players that they have on their in their lineup. Usually Honus Wagner leads off playing shortstop. Albert Pujols is at first base, batting second. Al Simmons, who was a left fielder for the um Philadelphia A's way back in the day. 368 average. 26 homers, 135 RBIs, very good defensively in left field. Um, he, he would, he's the left fielder. The DH is sometimes Willie Stargell and sometimes Jimmy Fox. Kind of a loose platoon, but not entirely. Um, let's see then, what else do we have? Ed Rush in center. He's a guy who was with Cincinnati for a bunch back in the 30s, and he was involved in an absolutely horrible trade. Uh, Clemente bats sixth. Mickey Cochran and Josh Gibson are the catchers. So if it's a left-handed pitcher, Josh Gibson plays. If it's a right-handed starter, Mickey Cochran plays. Good luck getting either one of those guys out. Mike Schmidt usually is the third baseman. He's injured, so Matt Chapman has been filling in for him. And Eddie Collins bats ninth and is the second baseman. So I, I ran through 11 or 12 guys there, and I also didn't mention um, they, they, their pitching is as good as their hitting. They have Cool Papa Bell sitting on the bench. He usually finds his way into the game particularly if the game gets a little bit one-sided. Pop Lloyd is a shortstop from the Negro Leagues that, if if nothing else, provides backup for Honus Wagner, and Lloyd hit 358. His card, 358 for his career average. Uh, emergency catcher is Buck Ewing. Who hit three twenty? So yeah, they they're a fun they're a fun team to play with because no matter who the other team is pitching, he really whoever he is, he really has to be on his game because if he ends up getting to the point where he starts walking this guy, walking that guy, giving up a single here, somebody's going to turn on one at some point. That that's a really fun team to play with, which has absolutely nothing to do with the Cubs. But hey. It's my podcast, and when I run off onto a diversion, then so I do. Um, the, the roster moves figure to come through tomorrow at about, oh, I don't know, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, maybe, something like that. Uh, Cubs don't usually make a whole lot of moves before they absolutely have to. They will have decided what they'll be. But if it ends up being a situation of where, for instance, they know which two guys are going to return to the minors or whatever. But it turns out 30 minutes before the game or an hour and a half before the game, Jose Quintana all of a sudden has a stomachache. And it's not COVID-related or anything. Just has a stomachache. And they decide, you know what? We're going to hold you back for a day. 
and we're going to leave one of the two guys that we were going to do something with on the roster for another day. If you've already made the... Everyone knows what the two moves are going to be, but if you announce the counter moves before you announce the moves, the counter moves still count. Kind of like when Chris Bryant got put on the injured list. They didn't add anybody, but since they put Chris Bryant on the injured list, he was on the injured list. So uh, they will make sure that Chetwood and Quintana are both ready to go. And when they are both ready to go, about 90 minutes before the game, they'll announce, okay, these are the roster moves. Even though right now they know what they are. Uh, the players probably know. Uh, one of the guy, one or two of the guys might already be heading back to South Bend. They might already be there. After all, probably not too long of a flight from Pittsburgh. But um, So, as long as the Cubs win one of the next two, we're good. We're good because we are not greedy. And as long as the Cubs are, what is it, about three games in front? Somebody was asking me how you figure out games behind. Somebody is asking that on Facebook. And in case you don't know, some people are really still upset that St. Louis is considered in second place, even though they've only played far fewer games. Here's how that works. Now, there are two ways you can do a standings, and usually they're kind of about the same. Usually, the standings are based on percentage points. So if the uh, Cubs have, what is it, 18 wins out of 28 games. 18 divided by 28 gives you a fraction. That's the number you pay attention to. St. Louis is 10 wins out of 18 games. That's the fraction. Uh, that's the percentage you're looking for. So you're going by the percentage down the list to determine who's in first place, who's in second place, who's in third place, etc. As far as games behind, what you do is you find the difference between the wins between the teams, and then you find the difference between the losses in the teams. So normally what you'll end up having is a situation where maybe the team that's in first place has two more wins and one less loss. So it would be they're two better in the win column, and one bet one win better in the loss column. So that would be plus three. Then you divide that in half, which would be one and a half, and they are one and a half games behind. So now with the Cardinals and the Cubs, you just do the same thing, and it's exactly the same formula. It's just a matter of the numbers are going to be larger because the Cardinals haven't played a whole lot of games. But at some point, that will make up for itself. And they've actually done a very good job so far of staying healthy. They haven't, you know, they haven't had players lit up. Good for them. Um, tom tomorrow night, the Yankees resume, and they have three guys that have been added to 
the disabled, uh, the injured list since their last game. And uh, I haven't seen any Yankees or Rays added to the to the uh, DFA wire. If any of those players get added to the DFA wire, be sure to check those out and uh, tell me if they're guys that you think are interesting because the Yankees and the uh, Rays are both good. They both have a whole bunch of people who are injured, which means they're going to have some tough decisions to make. So if you can find a player who makes sense and he's rather easily available... That's the kind of guy you lean toward adding to the roster. I think that's about all for now. So, thanks for stopping by Pre-Arb Excellence. I'll try to post another podcast as circumstances warrant. And if there's a roster move mid-afternoon, like two or three, I'll probably have a podcast announcing the roster moves and anything else that happened during the day. But if it's after 4.30, I'll just save it until after. Fair? Good, I hope so. Um, Yeah, I'll, I'll attempt to keep that one worth your time as well. Be safe. Go Cubs, go. And be nice to others.